Blog Talk Radio. BBPAI Radio, linking business education and technology. The BBPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BBPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. BEPF Executive Director is Wayne Hicks. Produced by Michelle F. Ortman. Online chat coordinated by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BBPA Education and Technology Foundation. BBPA iRadio, linking business education and technology. Join us on www.blogtalkradio.com slash BBPA. Well, welcome to BDPA iRadio. I'm your host, Fran McNeil, and tonight is September 11th. And interestingly enough, our guest tonight is Carol Johnson. She is principal of CYJ Enterprises, and she is going to be sharing with us a little bit of her background, um, how she got involved in BDPA, and really connecting us to technology. And we will have a little extra time tonight to hear from Carol about her business, how it got started. And again, I think um, she's really a very relevant guest to have on the show tonight. So Carol, welcome to BDPAI Radio. How are you this evening? Oh, pretty good, Fran. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. And before we sort of start our interview, I'd like to share a little bit of your history. Um, you actually have a fairly extensive history with BDPA. In 2005, you served as the BDPA Conference Director, and um, you also certainly are an accomplished IT leader. You have a certification in project management and over 20 years of combined experience in leadership, management, strategic planning, technology, and project management. And as we're going to hear a little bit later, your company is an IT software provider of emergency management systems, and eSiren helps families prepare for, respond to, and recover from emergency situations. So, Carol, welcome um, to our show. And, you know, I before we kind of get involved uh, with the formal interview, Take us back to 2005. Where was the BDPA conference uh, at that time? What city was it held in? Oh, sure, Fran. Um, Yeah, so 2005, the conference was held in Detroit, Michigan. Um, The Detroit chapter provided the, the, hosted the conference, and um, I was the conference director, and it was a wonderful um, event. Um, it was a lot of work, but it was definitely well worth it. Oh, that's that's great. And did you have your uh, PMI certificate or PMP certification at that time? You know, it's funny that you would ask that. Um, actually, in 2005, I had started to apply for my uh, PMP certification, and then when the uh, when Mr. Wayne Hicks asked me to. Um, do the conference uh, a couple years earlier, I thought I would get my PNP out of the way. Um, so I started um, test, uh, preparing for the PNP in January of 2005, but then put it off until after the conference. And exactly almost a month after the conference, I took the test and I passed my, my, uh, my PNP test. 
Oh, wow. What a great story because certainly in managing the conference, you get to go through every single phase of the project management process. So um, (laughs) that's great. Well, you know, maybe we should have that as part of the preparation process for people um, who are considering the PMP. Be part of the conference team. You'll not only get to... uh, learn the the preparation process but you'll you'll get to do it and put it to action. Um and yeah, the conferences, you get to do it and earn some credit credit too. <laughs> exactly. Because as right. part of that application you need to show that you have worked on a project and certainly the conference is a comprehensive project. Correct. Well we're we're about uh six weeks away uh, coming from the two thousand and twelve uh, national conference, which this year was held in Baltimore, and next year it'll be held in D.C. And uh, I really have to say the conferences are one of the highlights of the whole BDPA community. And there's so many aspects of BDPA. So I'd like to ask you, how did you get involved in BDPA? What attracted you, and how did you find out about BDPA? Oh, I found out about BDPA many, many years ago. Um, I actually started in um, in Cleveland with the Cleveland chapter. I was uh, working as a on a project uh, as a programmer back then, and um, I met the president of the Cleveland chapter, and he was telling me about BDPA, and I thought, hmm, this sounds pretty interesting. Um, so um, I attended a couple meetings. I was very impressed with the the BDPA members. Um, and the um, events that were occurring, and also thought it was a great opportunity to, to learn. Um, so uh, I was with Cleveland for a little while, then I went to Toledo, and I started the Toledo chapter, and I was in Toledo um, for, you know, we had a Toledo chapter going there for a while, for about four, you know, while I was there for four years, and then um, I came to Detroit. So then I've been, a, uh, I was a member of the Detroit chapter. So uh, what attracted me to BDPA, um, especially in my earlier days of starting out as an IT professional, was I used to really like the, the thought that we had was, you know, practice on us. You know, take the opportunity to uh, present at BDPA, take leadership positions in BDPA so that you can use that experience um, in your employment, at your job. And then, you know, you make your mistakes with BDPA and improve so that you can um, have great performance in the job. So I always found that to be interesting, working with the children in the um, high school computer competition. Um, I always that is just always a, an awesome thing. Mm. Well, that's, that's very powerful. And, again, the the whole concept of volunteering to give and that you really get so much because, as you said, you get the opportunity to be in the middle of programs, projects, to be a leader, um, to see if people follow, to sharpen your communication skills as well as your technical skills, and then take that bank of experience and utilize it in your employment um, and for many BDPA members now, for your business. So it really is a powerful process. Now, you mentioned, which is absolutely wonderful, 
several affiliations with with chapters because you moved. Um, when you think about the chapters in the different cities, what was consistent from city to city, and what were maybe some of the unique features about the chapters? Well, I believe what was consistent um, was at the time was the, um, you know, the the monthly meetings, uh, the program meetings, making sure you had, um, you know, good presenters. um, And I think that was consistent. The high school competition and getting the students together, uh, getting them prepared for the national competition, um, I think that was very um, consistent and, and, and it's been that way for many years. Um, and then, you know, I, what I found was really unique, and we had, I was, I'm really glad we had the opportunity um, a while back um, when I was in Toledo to start the um, the high school regional competitions. And the first one was actually held in Bowling Green State University that the Toledo chapter uh, put on. So, um, and so it gave it, it gave an opportunity to really go beyond just the programs that um, went from chapter to chapter and to enhance, expand, and um, really to look at what was, you know, what would work in your your region and then go with that. So there were very unique opportunities, um, and as a chapter organization, you had an opportunity to, you know, go for it or, you know, stay with the the, the, um, consistent programs that went from chapter to chapter, which I think helped to build um, strong chapters. Mm. So, BDPA at its core is really in place for a number of reasons, and one of the reasons is to help African Americans um, develop their technical competencies and skills um, within the information technology industry, and they can do that in a number of ways. As BDPA members are selecting their technical career, um, expanding their technical career, whether it's at the high school level or someone that's unemployed or underemployed, what are some things that, from your perspective, are wise to keep in mind? Um, Well, from my perspective, and and I'm going to come from um, and individuals who've had, who've had to hire um, technical programmers as well as now doing my business trying to identify technology individual people with that experience. And um, there's a couple things. One is um, right now security, security, security uh, is very important just mainly because of the environment we're we're in. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of programmers, but one of the things that um, even the you know the government is really putting a lot of emphasis on right now is security. Um, one of the things, the other the other area is that um, I'm finding it very difficult to find um, Java programmers, .NET programmers, really good ones, um, and. And I believe that if a person is going out to get those skills, there's so many opportunities to not only just work at your your employment, but also try to expand out 
maybe two small businesses that 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 you can help out. And one of the things that I found that is that um you know, a lot of other communities work together um to um build businesses, to build um technology solutions. And as an organization as an African American community, I think it's important that um that we do the same. That we reach out to one another to try to collaborate together to build um, technical solutions because we definitely have the, the the experience, we have the knowledge, we, we have all that. We just have to work together to bring it um, to fruition. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I you talked before the show started, and this whole concept of taking technical skills, looking at issues within the community and leveraging those technical skills for to create a solution are kind of how you got started in your business. And I wanted to kind of go through those same questions again so that our audience can really understand the person behind CYJ Enterprises. So first I'm going to um, start out with the question of what is CYJ Enterprises right now? Okay, so CYJ Enterprises is an information technology company, and we provide software in two categories. One is for the the software um, is eSiren, and in two categories, one is used for emergency management, and the other is is used for collaboration um, for um, senior service providers um, so that they can collaborate and maintain um, um, individual care plans for an interdisciplinary team. So we have a collaborative software for healthcare providers and social and human service organizations, and then we also have a part that is for which we started with the emergency management system. Okay, so let's let's focus on again. Today is September 11th. Um, emergency management, security, as you mentioned, are um, in, very very important now. And when you started your business, why did you start creating software related to emergency management? Share with me that that story and our audience. What sure. was going on at the time? Um, Actually, it was Hurricane Katrina. I was, like many of us, were watching the television and just saw the the, the pain and the the missing children, the inability to connect children with families. And we saw all this water floating in that water somewhere, emergency contact cars, emergency contact cars that parents filled out before they took their kids to school in case of emergency, contact me. That information was on paper, floating around. Why wasn't that information available and accessible to first responders, to other family members, so that when a child was misplaced, there was somewhere they could go to contact um, an emergency uh, contact, whether it would be a a family member, um, you know, another organization. So, you know, as I sat there, I just started looking at, there's a huge problem here. This this shouldn't happen. And um, so I went on on the process to to look at creating an emergency management system 
so school daycare family members could keep that information online and make it available and accessible to first responders. And uh, with this being September, and this is actually National Preparedness Month, I really encourage everyone to start looking at their emergency preparedness plan, especially if you have children. So what might that look like, Carol? Um, How would I, as a parent, create an emergency preparedness plan I think I understand why it's important, but how would I do that? And is there sort of a short version that I can build upon? And how do I make it electronic so that it is available in case of an emergency? Well, one, you can use eSiren, E-C-Y-R-E-N dot com, but I'm, I'm not going to sell my product today. What I'm no, going to do no, is say... No, no, but it's, it's relevant. It's, it's, it's relevant. Um, again, you, you focused on the collaborative and, you know, identified why it might make sense for someone. So if they went to your your software or they went to your website, eSiren, and you spell it C-Y-R-E-N, is there any reason why you do that versus S-I-R-E-N. Yes, C-Y is for cyber, um, Mm -hmm. and it's more of a registration emergency notification system. For C-Y-R-E-N and um, the sound of the siren, um, the pronunciation of siren um, is to reflect emergency preparedness. So, you know, we say, um, you know, E-Siren before the siren. You know, get prepared mm. before you hear the siren. So, mm. um, yeah, so you can go out to East Siren and have your information placed there in case of emergency. You know, who who would you contact in emergency? One of the things that we we um, we find, we spend a lot of time talking to the Red Cross, doing a lot of research, and one of the things it says is you always should have at least four locations to go to if home is not an option. And then hmm. within E-Siren, you could record four locations, and one should always be an out-of-state location. And why four? Well, four is if, you just, if you're in a situation and, you know, you have one place to go and the whole family knows this is where you're supposed to go, well, what if that there's a danger to, uh, or an event that will not allow you to go there? So you should at least have a north, south, east, and west location. And at least one of those locations should be out of state as well as an out of state phone call. And one of the reasons why you want to have at least one out of state phone call is because when there's a, 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 a emergency or disaster or an event in, um, say, a city, oftentimes the phone lines get jammed within that city, within that state. And it's easier sometimes to go outside of um, the state and get connected than being inside the state. So um, it's always good to have that. And then the other thing is I would always say to practice dialing dialing the phone number of the individual that you would want to call in an emergency. Oftentimes we just use our cell phone and we just press the number or their name and if for some reason we lost our cell phone, we may not remember the phone number. So mm-hmm. um, just as a matter of practice, it's a good uh, habit to get into once in a while to actually dial the numbers that you would potentially want to call if you lost your phone 
and you wanted to get in contact with someone. So, you know, you can do that whether you're using the system or not, um, but it's a very good practice to get into. So that's, that's, and that really helps clarify that in creating and providing this software for, of emergency management systems, that eSiren really can help a family prepare because they're thinking about, they're taking information that normally would be on paper. Um, they're identifying uh, things like the four locations. They're practicing dialing the phone number. Um, everyone's communicating. And then responding to and recovering from emergency situations. Now, you said that from a business perspective, from a community perspective, from a collaborative perspective, it was the Hurricane Katrina disaster and thinking about medical records and, and emergency records not being available um, and children and families being separated that, that caused you to sort of think about that and put that into practice as software. Did you actually go to the computer and program it yourself? Did you pull together a team? How did that go from being an idea to being a technical product and a technical service? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I pulled together a team. Um, and this team over the last, uh, what, six years has, has changed quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we originally started out um, doing a, obviously a prototype uh, with one one team and then trying to, you know, find individuals who wanted to work. And, and, and starting out, it had to be, you know, uh, free, of, you know, no, I couldn't pay anyone. So, you know, we really worked together as a team, um, and we were able to get the first wave of the software um, completed, um, and then we've evolved. So the software, since um, the inception, has changed quite a bit. Um, we have just um, really developed a more robust system. But, um, yeah, so basically we pulled together a team. Um, I don't develop anymore. I, you know, do a little stuff here and there, but um, but it was mainly collaborating and bringing the team together. Well, so when we connect that back to your BDPA experience, uh, the ability to work with people on a volunteer basis, uh, communicate, <laughs> lead, motivate, inspire, stay on task, um, the project management skills, uh, to create, you know, something, projects or things that have a start and a finish, create that prototype and then be able to uh, move within the role of being directly involved with the software to really managing the business. That's a, that's a wonderful example. Now, your business, you said, has two parts. The emergency management system is one part. What's the other part? And sort of talk a little bit um, more so in layman's terms around um, why you created this collaborative services software? Yeah, so basically the reason why we created it, actually if we were going out looking and providing, um, showing our emergency preparedness software, there was a, a need that we found for collaboration between care teams. So, you know, doctors have emergency medical records, electronic medical records, 
Um, and their doctors provide um, transactional activities to a person, and, and we're really focused on seniors and the elderly. However, there are other interdisciplinary care team members. So, you know, you can have a physical therapist, you can have occupational therapists, you can have family members, all providing care to um, seniors. So we provide this collaboration tool so that that sharing of information with this interdisciplinary team um, could be available without opening up someone's uh, a physician's electronic medical records. So that there's a single view or holistic view of that um, that patient or that person that's, that's receiving services from this care team. And then we also want to bring the family involved. So the family would also be part of this. So whether a family member lives within the same city, the state, or across the country, they too can participate in the care of a loved one. So if it's, a, you know, the parent, um, you may have a family member, a brother or sister that's there really working with them, but you want, you might live, say, in California, and you want to have an opportunity to be a part of that, understand what's going on, um, you would have that ability. So that's what um, the eSire and the collaboration tool will, um, is used for. Wow. Wow. That's really powerful. So that, that kind of, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, Give us the background on your business and how it connected to, you know, a, a real situation, uh, the Hurricane Katrina, and um, your your use and leveraging of your skill sets and creating a team. So that kind of segues me into the second to last question that I have, which is, given that your aware of how kind of real life and technology and leadership and community can all intersect. What are your thoughts on how technology can impact the lives and the future of young people in the black community? Because not everybody is part of BDPA or part of the high school computer competition, and yet a lot of kids you know, kids under six know how to use the cell phone and know how to use the computer. Well, you know, one of the things that um, we really have to be concerned with, and I think the way that it would impact, is that we not only are consumers but creators of the software. Um, and I think it's going to be critical that um, as we move forward, you know, kids today, that's all they know is computers, as you mentioned. They they know how to use computers, use computers. But I think it's going to be very important that we not only know how to use the computers, but the technology, but we also know how to create it um, and to be there um, um, in the forefront of not just creating based on what what is already here, but also to look ahead and see, you know, what is new, what is out there, what can we create, what can we make different, because everything goes so fast. So I think being being more not only a user but a creator. Okay. So in listening to that response, I'm going to insert uh, now my second to final question, (laughs) another second (laughs) to final question, and that is so – we're in September of 2012, and often in December I'll ask 
the guest, you know, so what do you think the trends are for the next year? But given what you're saying about, you know, us having the opportunity to be the creators and not just create what was there before, what are some of the trends, you know, security and cloud computing are important now? What are some of the trends that people might be thinking about in order to be on that cutting edge or leading edge of technology? Well, you know, I um, I don't know if too many people know that, um, for example, GoDaddy servers were just, um, you know, not hacked. They had denial of service, which took down a lot of computers. Um, it impacted a lot of um, servers, and my server was one of those. Um, it, yeah, so... Um, so, um, you know, and they're one of the largest providers of cloud um, tech, cloud um, technology. So with that, I mean, this can happen at any point in time. So when you're looking at security, you know, you have, you're always going to have somebody out there hacking, someone out there trying to be disruptive. And mm-hmm. um, the cost, the cost to everyone, the companies that are that were impacted. Um, the the credibility of GoDaddy and you know in any company uh, is out there. So you know when you look at security, what is the technology that's out there that can stop a denial of service? That can stop um, someone hacking into you know the um, uh, the Pentagon? You know what is out there? Is it something totally different we haven't thought about? I mean, is it just you know is there Something out there um, that 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 can um, stop or control the cyber war or cyber warfare that you know is is on the brink of occurring. Mm. You know what is out there when you look at the whole safety and security because now these young people are growing up not thinking about securing your credit card, securing. Um, a lot of this information, everything is open, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think the, um, I think that whole this whole area of security is going to be critical. Wow, wow. Well, Carol, you have been extremely generous with your time, and I uh, really appreciate it. I just wondered in the final minute, what's a, a thought that you'd like to leave our BDPA? iRadio audience with as we close out the interview for tonight? Um, I I just would like to leave with uh, one of the things that is very important is I know is, is relationships and building relationships, teams and collaborating. And I really think that we can be a powerful together when we when we work together. And um, when those opportunities exist um, that um, that that we become more of of um, a team, more collaborative, and I just think that that would be very important. Wow. Well, Carol, again, I want to thank you for being on our show and not only giving us your perspective um, as a very involved BDPA member um, within different cities, um, but also kind of connecting the dots that as professionals, um, 
who are mastering our craft from a technology standpoint, it really is important to also master and be aware of the team, the leadership, the people, and not only the people within the organization that you're working with, but the people within the community. And I think in in talking about your business, you really provided some wonderful examples of entrepreneurship is that process of identifying an opportunity based on problems, based on things that aren't working, um, and imagining an optimal situation. So, and it's really wonderful that your product and service, eSiren, C-Y-R-E-N, does help families prepare for, respond to, and recover from emergency situations. So thanks so much for being on the show this evening. And um, I, is there a way for um, people, once they go to your site, can they sign up for a newsletter? Do you have a blog? Do you have a way to sort of keep in touch with people? Um, yeah, sure. Um, you can go to ecyren. dot com, and we do have a blog, and um, and also you can uh, sign up through our contact us for our uh, our uh, newsletter. Terrific. And, that, and okay. that, all of that is on ecyren. dot com. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, we're going to go ahead and close our September 11th, 2012 show. Thank you again to Carol Johnson for being our guest. And join us the fourth Tuesday of the month, which will be September 25th, and um, we will continue the BDPA iRadio show. Have a great evening, everyone. Thank you again, Carol. Thank you. Bye. Bye. BBPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BBPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BBPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community, BBPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.